When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Vikings Nation! Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin in Rochester with Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. This episode is the first of many midweek musings that will be exclusive to the Vikings First and Scold podcast feed. Most weeks, the episode will debut on either Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, depending on the schedule. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, sure, some would say that the draft or free agency is the most wonderful time of the NFL season, but I say it's right about now. Now, back in the day, when you're a kid, you wanted summer vacation to go on forever. But for me, as soon as that 4th of July weekend is over, I pretty much want to just skip to the first weekend in September and get to week one. But alas, the offseason is officially over. Rookies and veterans have reported. We've had one day of practice at training camp, and we've got a lot to get into here today. First and foremost, Daniil Hunter. He reported he's not holding out, but he is holding in. Basically, that's a loophole so that you don't get fined. Copyright Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Bottom line is this. If Daniil Hunter hadn't shown up, he'd get fined $50,000 a day. After about oh, 11 days, that's like 10% of your salary. As Kevin O'Connell said in his press conference yesterday, he's been in communication with Daniil, which basically means Daniil said, hey, I'm going to show up, but I'm not doing anything until my contract gets done. Now, I've said this a few different times on a few different shows that I don't care what side you fall on, whether you fall on the side of Daniil signed a bad contract and that's on him and the Vikings have already moved up what money he was supposed to be making this year into previous years, he should just suck it up and play. Or if you fall on the side of he's massively underpaid for where he is positionally as far as a pass rusher, doesn't really matter. Yeah, Rick Spielman probably gave him assurances that they'd redo his deal. And, well, Rick Spielman's not here anymore. And at the end of the day, Kwesi has shown us that he's interested in 25, 26-year-old guys. I want Daniil Hunter on this team this season, and I want him on this team beyond this season. But I'm also not interested in backing up the Brinks trucks to give him $25, $30 million a year and pay him like he's Aaron Donald. And the Vikings are probably telling themselves the same thing. It's been wildly reported that the Vikings have offered Daniil Hunter some additional incentives and a pay bump for this year and this year only but are finagling over how much guaranteed money they want to give him in any type of contract extension beyond 2023. So at the moment, they are at a bit of an impasse. Now, I can also see both sides of, should we keep Daniil Hunter or should we just trade him at this point? At the moment, there isn't much of a trade market for him. Oh, sure, we've seen this ridiculous notion that because Daniil Hunter follows the Jacksonville Jaguars on Instagram, that that means that he'd be interested in going there. Frankly, I don't care where he'd be interested in going. I care about what kind of value I can get in return. Because we know we'd love to see a Daniil Hunter play in this Brian Flores system. 
I mean, he did a decent job last year with double-digit sacks in the Ed Donichel system. He can only go up from there. But at the same time, if I could get a significant draft haul in return for him, and I know that Daniil Hunter is not in the Vikings' long-term future, it does behoove the Vikings to try to consider that offer if they can't get a contract extension done that is agreeable to both sides. I can see both perspectives. Well, if we don't have Daniil Hunter, what is our defense going to look like? It can't look all that much worse than it did last year anyway, and we did win 13 games. Although, let's be honest, we all know that that's not entirely sustainable. Point is this. I want the Vikings to sign Daniel Hunter. I'd love to give him a two-year extension and have him for three more years and then go from there. But at the same time, if I'm offered somewhere in the neighborhood of a first or a second round pick, hypothetically, if some team got desperate enough, whatever production Daniel Hunter would give you this year, assuming he's not back after this year, would be a little difficult for me to pass up if it were available. In their press conferences, both head coach Kevin O'Connell and general manager Kwesi Dofamensa addressed the Jordan Addison situation. And now we hear that he had a dog emergency. At this point, I care about did Jordan Addison learn his lesson. And when he spoke to the media today, he says he has. Granted, what else is he going to say? He's not going to go out there and say, yeah, it was no big deal. I don't know why everybody's so bothered by it. Of course not. I'm going to have to take him at his word, and we're all going to have to take him at his word. We're not going to sweep it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen, but I think at this point it's been discussed enough to where, hey, it was reckless, it was stupid, but it's time to move on. So, Jordan, go on out there on the football field, show everybody why you were a first-round draft pick and why you and Justin Jefferson have the potential to be one of the top, if not the top duels in the NFL, and let's move on with the rest of our lives. During the first day of team practices, albeit in shells, and no, not Ed Donashell, The Vikings offense looked relatively good against this defense. Now, granted, the defense is playing with one hand tied behind its back because it's learning a new system, whereas the offense is going with the same one that it was last year. One of the highlight plays from day one was a pass from Kirk Cousins to the aforementioned Jordan Addison on a square in where he dove to the ground and made the catch in front of a late-breaking Harrison Smith. The other standout was wide receiver Jalen Naylor. I know a lot of people are excited to see what Naylor can bring. Can he be a third wide receiver? I know he had some good catches in the last couple of games last year against Green Bay and Chicago, but let's call it for what it is. They are both in garbage time because Green Bay, that game was already lost. And for all intents and purposes, the Chicago game was rather meaningless. But he has looked good, and he does continue to shine. I mean, no disrespect to K.J. Osborne, but if I'm calling a spade a spade, this probably is his last season with the Minnesota Vikings. They've got a lot of other players that they're going to have to sign to long-term deals, i.e. Justin Jefferson, possibly Kirk Cousins, Christian Derrissaw, T.J. Hawkinson, that K.J. Osborne might just ultimately price himself out of getting a second contract with the Minnesota Vikings. But for right now, he is this team's number two wide receiver. Unless Jordan Addison can not only overtake him on the field, but also curry enough favor to make up for the mistake that he made this week, he's not going to be the number two wide receiver to start the season. Getting back to Jalen Naylor, what I do like about him is he does seem to shine regardless of whether he's running with the first team or the second team. And if by some chance one of the top three wide receivers does have to miss some time due to an injury, Jalen Naylor does appear ready to step in to any one of the three wide receiver positions. Defensively, work in progress. Not all that surprising, all things considered. As we said, second year in a row for the offense, mostly the same players, new system on defense. And with or without Daniil Hunter, Brian Flores is going to have his work cut out for him, particularly in the secondary. Yes, you have your stalwart in Harrison Smith, and we all hope to the Dickens that Harrison Smith gets back to the Mike Zimmer-type Harrison Smith and not the Adonichel 
Harrison Smith, where he's actually up at the line of scrimmage, making plays on the ball, and not just sitting back in a cover two shell. But outside of Byron Murphy, the Vikings have an enormous amount of question marks at the cornerback position. Rookie Mackay Blackman, Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., Lewisine, all coming off injuries. Yes, we have a lot of hope right now that there can be some talent buried in the secondary that has not yet hit its full potential. But at the same time, that's what it is right now, is hope. But then there's the old injury bug. we got to keep our fingers crossed and hope that if we do have some injuries in the secondary, that they are minor ones and that they aren't simultaneous. Brian Flores, regardless of whether Daniil Hunter's here or not, I think he's going to dial up pressure. I think he's going to be aggressive. And at the end of the day for me, defensively, what I'm most looking forward to is that this team is actually going to be watchable on defense. And what I mean by that is this. There are going to be times where they are going to be ultra aggressive and it's going to work. They will get stops on third downs. They will get turnovers and heaven forbid, a pick six or a scoop and score. And guess what? There's also going to be times where they're going to get royally burned. But you know what? I would rather watch that 10 times out of 10 where you have a chance of all or nothing of something good happening or something bad happening versus just sitting there and getting picked apart drive after drive with the middle of the field wide open play after play. Offensively, I still have my concerns with the interior offensive line. I know that there's always something good about having continuity with your offensive linemen and you're going to have the same five starters that you had last year. That's a good thing. I also like the fact that they're changing up to a running back by committee and not the bell cow approach where you're force feeding Delvin Cook the ball, who let's call for what it is. I know sixth in the league in yards, but a lot of negative plays, not much over expected and not many yards after contact. So if the offense can be more consistent, less three and outs, maybe a touch more scoring. That puts the defense in a position to be able to be aggressive because if you give up a big play and your offense comes back on the field and then goes on another five or six minute drive, you can live with that. I'm really excited to see what this team can do. I cannot wait until week one where we get to debut our new throwback uniforms. It is going to be spectacular. I cannot thank Tyler, Dave, and Darren enough for allowing me to join their network. Please give me a subscribe on YouTube, and please subscribe to the Vikings First and Scold YouTube and podcast feeds on whatever aggregator, Apple, Spotify, etc. that you use, and help us grow this community. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. Football is finally back. Thank you kindly for joining me, and as always, Skull to the next episode. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.